Hello, everyone. Abby and Megan here. We are coming at you in our off season. We are so excited to get towards season two here. But in the meantime, what do we have for everyone today, Abby? We are doing a re-release of our Gaining Momentum on Friendship episode from season one. We hope you guys will give it a listen and join us as we come up with season two. Enjoy. Welcome to the Gaining Momentum podcast with your hosts, Abby and Megan. This is the podcast where we try our best to parent our kids for the world we want them to grow up in and the world we live in now. Welcome back to another episode of Gaining Momentum. How's it going tonight, Meg? Going wonderful. I'm so happy to see your shining face and connect. <laughs> it, it is pretty sweaty in here, so thanks for pointing out the shine. <laughs> That's not what I meant, but <laughs> your glowing face, your lovely face. <laughs> Yours as well. I'm happy to see you again. And I can know, you believe too. this is episode nine, which means one left for the season. I know. It is a little mind-bending. I can't believe it. I'm so proud of you know, this thing that we've been doing. And I hope that our community of people that have been following and listening and participating have been enjoying what we've been doing. But we are, we are kind of getting to the, toward the end of what we would call like season one. But we have lots of ideas and we have every intention of jumping into a second season uh, coming up here and probably in the new year. We need to put 2020 to bed and then leap into yes. 2021 with new energy. <laughs> Clear eyes and full hearts. Can't, can't lose? Yes, Please. can't lose. Yeah. <laughs> so what um, are we talking about tonight? Tonight we're talking about friendship. Yeah, I love There's it. There's that Oprah voice again. I don't know why. It sneaks in every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> and why are we talking about friendship? Do you remember how this came up that we decided on this? Uh, yeah, because we put a poll out to the Gaining Momentum community on Instagram mm-hmm. and we gave three topic options and mm-hmm. the one that our community chose. Yeah, I'm excited to also hear from our community after we have this discussion about what other people have experienced in this area of their life. Yes, friendship and parenting. But well, before we get right into the heart of the matter, can I ask mm-hmm. you a question? Always. Okay, not to put you on the spot, but like a little bit to put you on the spot. Okay. If you had to rank your top three favorite celeb friendships, mm-hmm. like the ones that you can't get enough of, the ones that you always click on and read captions for and are like happy yeah. to see photos of, who are your top three? Ooh, I like this. Like the ones that I wish I could be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought about that before. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? Why would I want to be a part of something like that? Huh? Oh, that's such a good question. I love this. Okay. Well, so immediately for me, comes to mind because they have a podcast together called Best Friends. I would say my first top of the list is Sashir Zamata and Nicole Byer. Nicole Byer has like such a body of work, so does Sashir, but then they do this podcast together that's like kind of rooted in their friendship. Have you listened to it? I have. I've listened to a couple episodes. They're pretty funny. They're pretty hilarious and I just love them. I feel like Nicole like pushes Sashir out of her comfort zone and Sashir keeps Nicole's like feet on planet earth so it's like a beautiful well-balanced friendship and they're both independently hilarious but together it's like a whole other level yeah because Nicole's the host is it nailed it 
Yeah. The so Netflix. Show on Netflix. Yeah, which is like. Or baking. It's one. She's like the only reason to watch it. Like it is really funny, but yeah, she's wonderful on it. And then Sashir so um, was on Saturday Night Live for a hot second, right? Yeah, and now she's on Woke. Um, have oh you, yeah, yeah, that new show. Okay, yeah. Yeah, with Lamor. Lamor oh, and Morris. Yes, who's awesome as well. He was anyway, Winston on New Girl. Yes, I digress. Um, and she's great on it as well. But together, they're gold, both of them. Okay, give me one of yours. Let's go back and forth. Um, okay. My first one that I will mention are Beyonce and Kelly Rowland. Whoa. Okay. So you just helped me because I had that. that, Okay. That was on my list, but I'm going to take it off my list. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they've known each other forever. They were obviously in Destiny's Child together. Mm -hmm. They both had successful solo careers. And Mm -hmm. I just love the support that they have for each other, that they're like sisters. And Kelly has spoken in the past about sort of the feelings that she had about Beyonce becoming a huge star and becoming the breakout solo Mm -hmm. artist when Destiny's Child went on their indefinite hiatus yeah <laughs> and I was like, so did they end or are we still on hiatus i mean i'm <laughs> still gonna say hiatus because yeah. you know every <laughs> once in a while they'll do like a beachella or like That's a super true. bowl appearance together yeah love it but yeah, yeah so i think their friendship's really cool and i like that kelly was able to admit that and sort of realize mm-hmm. that you know that has nothing to do with her friendship with beyonce those were feelings she herself had to tackle and like be happy and mm-hmm. enjoy her own success because she's very successful. She's very successful in her own right. I wonder mm-hmm. how Michelle, like, does do you think Michelle feels like left out? No, honestly, I feel like they do a really good job of showing up for each other and supporting okay. each other. I mean, she's good. left out of my like friendship. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm rooting for yeah. only because um, I feel bad, but like when the name Michelle Williams comes up, she's not the first Michelle Williams that I think I of. That's a great segue because that leads us to my second best, best friend couple. Does it? <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Yeah. So the other Michelle Williams, the actress, and her friendship with Busy Phillips is one of my top ones. Nice. Um, in the same way that like um, Kelly and Beyonce and, and Michelle uh, show up for each other, I feel like the same is true of this duo. Michelle Williams takes Busy as her date to like all of the award shows they have very different careers right like yeah. michelle's very like critically acclaimed and busy um you know is kind of more of a comedic actor and has you know like done all this other kind of creative stuff with mm-hmm. some of the social media platforms and podcasting and late night mm-hmm. it's like truly like a beautiful friendship yeah man they were on dawson's creek together and this, i know and i love that that's the, the start. true romance that blossomed from that show Totally. Totally. It's the lasting love from coming out of Dawson's <laughs> Creek is Busy Phillips and Michelle Williams. Okay. So my next friendship, I mm-hmm. started off with a twosome. Now I'm moving into a trio. Mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and Lucy Liu. Nice. Are they good friends in real yeah, life? in IRL. real life. Like oh, the, wow. Cameron and Lucy were on the very first episode of the Drew Barrymore show, her daytime talk show. Cool. And they very both cool. showed up for Lucy Liu when she got her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, like they're like regularly in each other's lives and like supportive. And it just seems like a really beautiful, lasting friendship. And obviously I loved like the 2000s Charlie's Angels movies. Big time. Okay, I have a last, I have a last one. It's a weird one. Okay. And I just, we're going to need to pour one out because one of these people is no longer with us. Okay. But I absolutely adore the friendship between Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner. Aww. That's a really know, cute pick. Yes, they ate dinner together every, every night, night after their wives passed. 
how, like come on come on and, like, and they would the, like watch shows together they're like yeah, tv trade like show up one of them would bring like dinner in a little mm-hmm. like takeout baggie like to have to be at that point in your life and to have like a ride or die like that like I could almost get emotional yeah like, they're so cute and just comedy legends just kicking it over dinner every night and actually that was the first thing I thought about when Carl Reiner passed away this year I think it was this year it was pretty recently actually wasn't it I don't um, like my again my sense of time doesn't exist anymore okay well I think that it's uh, one another one that 2020 took from us but my first thought was like how is Mel Brooks? Like, I'm gonna how, eat dinner like, with him every night. I know. I hope Mel's gonna be okay without Carl. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, okay my this? third. So I had a twosome, and then mm-hmm. I had a trio, and yeah. I've got a quartet. Get out, okay? <laughs> Unintentionally, <laughs> but it's the it's the women of the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Oh, that was gonna be my honorable mention. Oh, awesome. Okay, yeah, but America not, but Ferreira, not all of them. I- yeah, and Amber Tamblin, the, yeah. they're super tight. And then that was going to be my duo. Yeah. And Alexis Bledel as well. Mm-hmm. And so those movies came out like what, 15 years ago? And they're all yep. still, you know, going through their life changes. They're all at each other's weddings. They've supported each other through having kids. And yeah. they've like grown up and become more politically active and politically engaged. Totally. And just sort of finding their strengths and their voice and their power and supporting each other throughout it yep. all. I love it. I love it too. And so that was, uh, that's my honorable mention. I was going to say Amer- specifically America Ferreira and Amber Tamblin, like their relationship I think is really beautiful. And for all the reasons that you just said, yeah, love them. Who's your honorable mention? Well, God, I have too many. Like <laughs> Amy Poehler and Seth Meyers. Mm-hmm. And then I asked my partner earlier, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, if you had to pick a celebrity friendship, because I just like to ask him pop culture questions because pop culture is like <laughs> not his jam. So sometimes his answers are hilarious. Yeah. But he crushed this one. Immediately, I was like, who's your celeb friend pick? He was like, oh, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. Oh, good call. Yeah, well played. Yeah, I was going to try to like make a joke about who, what he would say, but he killed it. Yeah. Right. Well done. So celebrity friendships, should we move from that into what it's like having friends as parents, making new friends and keeping old friends? Let's talk about friendship. Okay. So we're exploring friendship today, as you may have noticed. So I wanted to ask you, Abby, when you are meeting new parent people, or like trying to make new parent friends? Like, what are you, what do you look for in a parent friend these days? I look for, okay, if I'm being honest, I Mm -hmm. strongly consider whether or not our kids can play together. Totally. Because then you can kind of do the combo where like, I get the social interaction I need out of hanging Mm -hmm. out with a friend, but then my child's also getting the social interaction they need hanging out with a buddy. Yep, for sure. And I think I also, I consider, would we be friends if we didn't both have kids? Yeah, totally. Because there's nothing worse than being like, oh, like figuring out, like, it's nice that our kids get along. Mm-hmm. But like, so, it's excruciating to spend time together. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> oh, we have nothing to say together. So this is super fun and cool. And are you willing to gut those connections out if you, if your kid has a really strong connection with somebody else's kid? That's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. I haven't had to yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, COVID just sort of has dealt been, with that. Yeah, dealt with that. <laughs> where like I just don't really see yeah. anybody as much as I would like to, see, sure. to not see people who I don't want to see. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. What about you? What are you looking for in parent friends? I would mirror what you just said about like, is there like a 
match between both kid and my kid and then me and parent i want to hang out with people that are not going to judge my parenting oh yes i have a really hard time with people who are performative and who Mm -hmm. don't keep it real Mm -hmm. like obviously if if one thing is not clear to our audience at this point we both keep it really real too real some might say sometimes sometimes But like I that's that's fundamental for me like I need to be able to be open and honest and like I'm somebody who like seeks a deeper connection and if I can't find that because I can feel like I can't be honest about you know who I am and what what I'm about then that's tough for me I mean I just want like somebody to be fun and like Mm -hmm. you know like can I can we have a glass of wine can we do you know it doesn't have to be that but can we um, do an activity together like can we hang out without our kids around as well yeah that's the ideal but I have a kid who's a little bit older than your kid and you know it is sometimes the case where I will work hard to find connection with somebody Mm -hmm. because I know this this kid is a really good match for my kid and they play really nicely together yeah. Uh, anyone listening who has children significantly older than ours, if you've got mm-hmm. some preteens and teens, let us know what age did your kids' friends just solely become like their own domain and you didn't really interact with the parents of your children's friends anymore? Yeah, I'm really curious. I'm really curious about that because I think I'm about a step, I'm just a step away from that because it's starting to happen in like small ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as soon as you have a school age child, then, you know, they will have independent friendships that you have nothing, you have no hand in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely there. But we still totally have a hand in like coordinating a play date. They're young enough that we still want to like know people's families when we send our kid over all those things. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of it for me. It's really like non-judgmental. Can they keep it real? Are they fun? And then if it's harder to find right away, and but the kid connection strong, I'll dig a little deeper and try to find it. Yeah. On something. Okay. Yeah. Do you, do you find like that it's been easy for you like generally to make new friends or like friends in adulthood, friends in parenthood? Um, yes. More so because I feel like maybe it's been a couple episodes since we last dropped a soccer reference. But (laughs) so it's just a reminder we did play soccer. (laughs) But like, yeah, I played that like well into adulthood. And so that was always an easy way for me to make friends. Like I think Mm -hmm. majority of the people in my life either played soccer with or met through somebody I played soccer with. Yeah. Like literally in our first episode, I talked about how I had a soccer team before a job when I moved to that new city and that's how we met. Yeah. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, like that made it easy for me to make friends in adulthood, which is interesting Mm -hmm. because every once in a while, like I'll make a work friend, but that Mm -hmm. was never really like, you know, some people like super tight with their coworkers and they hang out together all the time. Mm -hmm. But like that, for the most part, save for like a few examples over the years, like that hasn't Mm -hmm. really been the case for me. It's mostly Mm -hmm. been friends I meet through... I don't, do you call them extracurriculars as an adult? Whatever, like social activities, Hobbies. I guess? Hobbies. Hobbies. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> My extracurricular activities. <laughs> what about you? Have you had an easy time making new friends as an adult? Yeah, like I'm, I'm very like eternally extroverted. I actually just did this thing for work. It's called Strengths Finders. Everybody did it at my work. You do this time quiz. It sounds like a Cosmo quiz, but there's actually like more of a science <laughs> behind it. And you answer all these questions and like you get kind of like a top five like strengths. And my my number one thing that came back was this thing called WOO, which is like an acronym for winning others over. Aww. And so it's like, no, but like it's funny because 
it's the kind of the meat that that sounds like more like self-congratulating than it is the meat and potatoes of it is that you're a person who craves connection and like meeting new people is your jam you find the challenge of like making a new friend or like meeting a stranger compelling like I'm definitely like that much to my partner's chagrin like <laughs> we'll be anywhere and I'll know somebody's life story and they'll know mine and he's like we don't need any more friends <laughs> like this is not or like I remember we used to live in this neighborhood when Blockbuster was still a thing and we would like oh, go there all the time and there was like this young dude who like worked at the Blockbuster who was like very shy and awkward and I like made it my mission to like weasel into his life. Like, like you hang out socially? No, uh, no okay. not like outside of Blockbuster, but like I wanted to get to know him. Okay, okay, interesting. <laughs> I, yeah, I find that I am driven by connection. And mm-hmm. so I'm not somebody that typically struggles to like meet people and make connections. But that doesn't mean that like it's not sometimes a struggle to make good, deep connections, right? Like, right. Mm-hmm. I tend to be very capable of making a lot of breadth connections, but, you know, I have a handful of people that I have, like, feel like in adulthood, you know, that are, like, ride or die, like, deep, deep heart connection. How, okay, so tell me about what has it looked like for you trying to make parent friends, especially when you had newborns and yeah. your ride or dies maybe weren't available on the rest. Yeah. Oh, that's such an interesting one for me. I was thinking about this earlier in preparation for this episode. it's like I kind of had forgotten a bit but I had my first like well before most other people that like I was friends with or that I were in my circle and that was like in hindsight kind of a lonely time right because things change obviously anyone that's a parent that's listening like knows how dramatically you know your life changes and I don't it's like nobody's fault it's just that this thing had happened in my life that like nobody could relate to and it's so significant that it, you know, and I was going through so many things in that first year of being a parent that just, I, I only had a handful of people who had like been there before. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of hard to be honest. Like I didn't have like a, like, you know, a big community of, of parents that I like could lean on. So, and also I was living in a neighborhood where I was like significantly younger than a lot of the other parents, for, like first time parents. I mean, when you've had um, it in your life after Golden Girls, I think it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still was able to make some like good connections, but like I was just in a very different place in my life than a lot of the other people that I was connecting with that were like had kids the same age as me. Right. And so that was kind of interesting. Again, like I tend to be able to kind of like find a way to connect, but I just remember in looking back and actually what made me think about it is when some of my close friends started having kids, they were the ones that were like, that must've been hard kind of flying solo through that experience. And in hindsight, it, yeah, I was like, it, yeah, it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> kind of was. What about you? How have you managed to like make parent friends? I think at first, like it was a little bit isolating because I just mm-hmm. sort of in my mind was like, no, no, I'm good. Like I, I'm happy with the friends I have. I'm good. Mm-hmm. But then I realized, you know, my friends who don't have children are mm-hmm. not around during the day while I'm on mat leave. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just different conversations. Mm-hmm. And so I came to a point where I was like, okay, I need to like force myself to be more extroverted. And I felt almost like I was like hitting on people. Like it yeah. was like, you know, like I trying bet. to like pick up a, <laughs> pick up a friend at the playground, <laughs> yeah. especially before my child was old enough for the playground. Mm-hmm. I made a couple mom friends doing uh, an exercise class. Like it was like cool. a parent and baby exercise class. 
Yeah. And so it's interesting because I don't really talk to any of those people now, but like, I think Mm -hmm. we're important to each other in that moment in our lives. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Actually. I think that that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I had the same, mine wasn't a exercise group. It was a hiking group that I just like stumbled upon through social media. I don't, I'm not connected to any of those people anymore, but in that moment, that was like a lifeline. Yeah. Cause we could, you know, if you just got a nurse on the spot or, you know, just boobs. like leave mid conversation <laughs> because there's a meltdown or something was going on, you know, like there was no extra explanations needed. It was just like, okay, bye. We'll talk to you mm-hmm. when we talk to you. And it was mm-hmm. just that ease of understanding and being in the same place. And also like not minding if I stop mid-sentence because I'm so tired I can't keep I can't hold on Mm -hmm. to the thread of the conversation anymore yeah there's a camaraderie there for sure and I think there's like this really cool thing that can happen where you end up connecting with people that like maybe you never would have otherwise for sure for sure yeah especially if you've had like a very tight group of friends throughout your life and that Mm -hmm. hasn't really shifted much all of a sudden if like especially your you know, your friends haven't, you know, become parents yet, or, you know, you're the first or whatever, like I was, and like you were with like a lot of the people in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does force you to like open up what your expectations are of friendship and mm-hmm. people that you are willing to connect with. Right. Yeah. Cause I remember in the beginning, like when my child was super small and just craving that adult interaction. Mm-hmm. So I remember I was that person like holding up the line at the grocery store because when the, when the, when the cashier, like the checkout person yep. would say like, how are you today? Instead yep. of just saying fine, I'd be like, well, <laughs> this is your blockbuster guy. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Where <laughs> I like would give like a five minute explanation because I just was so craving adult interaction and so Mm -hmm. then when I found myself in spaces with other parents I was like okay like shoot your shot this is the moment you could do this Mm -hmm. you could do it yeah you're you're a good person and people like you (laughs) yeah right yeah (laughs) what was that like Stuart's Molly or something from SNL yeah (laughs) gosh darn it people like me people like you uh, yeah, because I remember doing that, like, you know, going to like library story times and just sort of mm-hmm. waiting for someone to make eye contact with me and then be like, hi. <laughs> you can't see me, but I'm nerdy waving. <laughs> yeah. And like going to all these different activities I wouldn't necessarily be interested in, but mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, it can't hurt. Can't hurt. And then there was like this period during that. I'm just like, I'm in such a flashback right now to that very specific time in my life with my first where like, I'd have all these random people's like information in my phone. Yeah. I was willing to, I was passing out numbers. Oh yeah. It was my job. Yeah. And you'd have like descriptors in it. Like it would be like so-and-so polka dot shirt. Yeah. (laughs) Caleb's mom from X park. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) I'm like, you know, maybe you wouldn't use all of them, but it just became like a numbers game or you'd see each other out again and you could just exchange a smile and then hang out in that moment when you run into each other yeah even and that's the thing it's like we I'd be like we come here often hopefully we (laughs) see you again it has like a parallel to dating hey mm-hmm. where it's like I don't know are they feeling it like I'm feeling it yeah like, exactly to- <laughs> hey, I'm gonna go for it okay I'm gonna yeah. ask for their number and then you are actually braced for rejection yeah too. Oh, like, for sure where somebody like I can't think of a time I don't know like I'm sure it happened and I've probably blocked those memories <laughs> can't think of a time where that happened but I'm sure it did you make yourself very vulnerable by like putting yourself there like out there like I I would like to be friends yeah oh I have like one friend who I'm thinking of in mind Mm -hmm. right now because like our kids gravitated toward each other at like the play gym and Mm -hmm. so then we like kind of chatted and then we ran Mm -hmm. into each other like six months later at the playground and our kids gravitated we're like oh hey I remember Mm -hmm. do you 
have you yeah. have we seen each other and then, have you thought of me yeah have you thought of me <laughs> like suddenly it turned into a brian mcknight song yeah. <laughs> because I've thought of you and now we're friends and so that's awesome like she was at my wedding oh that's amazing I come back to my comment about like judgment and keeping it real like anyone that felt like they were closed or too cool that's a big barrier for me yeah or like if I pull out I don't know like goldfish so I'm not getting side eye because it's not Annie's or something like that oh god yeah (laughs) it's all the same people Maybe I'm going to get dragged for that. Maybe they're not the same, but <laughs> one's a lot cheaper. So you have your parent friends, and then you have your friends from the before. Yeah. So the friends who have carried from the before into the mm-hmm. now. I don't know why I'm speaking about this so weirdly. No, anyway, I love it. It's perfect. So your non-parent the before friends, and the, after. the friends yeah. you had before you became a parent. Mm-hmm. How have those friendships changed? Oh, I think they've changed in hard ways and changed in really great ways. I think the, the positive changes... I would say, especially since my friends then became parents, Mm -hmm. I think that like that common experience and just like starting to know each other's parents and starting to like know and love each other's children as like Mm -hmm. an extension of that relationship actually really deepens those friendships that are pre-existing this thing called parenthood. I don't know. I think it also like make you more flexible and empathetic, you know, when you're going through parenthood. I think that like, you know, when you need that from other people, you are probably more prepared to give it. Mm-hmm. Um, like That's empathy true. and flexibility mm-hmm. we have like your parent friends that you have to go and meet because you didn't have them yet but then when your parents be when your parents become friends when your friends become parents <laughs> and your parents become friends um <laughs> the other like strengthening thing is that how that lifeline then becomes like such a the people that were in my life before when they became parents we all become each other's lifeline around parenthood and Mm -hmm. all that stuff I mean and then obviously there's like things that change that are really hard not everyone chooses to become parents or does Mm -hmm. become parents in my case I feel like the people in my life who don't have children are like the most wonderful flexible loving supportive friends in the world Mm -hmm. but I know that can be hard for people like Mm -hmm. that their relationships with folks that have like a different life than them can change and be a struggle but I think my biggest challenge has been time what's so hard is time Mm -hmm. and not having enough of it and like not feeling like you ever have enough to give to everyone it just keeps on slipping into the future yeah (laughs) that was subtle but really rock solid just feel free Um, to fly like an eagle (laughs) yeah I just want everyone to know that's a seal reference in case it's not clear you know what's really tough though is like I don't know if you've had this at all um but then I want to hear about like how things have changed for you when you have a different parenting style Oh yeah, I want to talk about that for sure in a little bit because I think that's like a whole separate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. In a in a minute, but yeah, yeah, that's a whole thing. Like that could be hard. And then, like when I first became a parent, I found it was you know I already talked about this, but like it was hard when people just like didn't understand my reality, Mm -hmm. which is common, I'm sure, but they do now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're just like, please refer to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we should use now for when we meet new people. Yeah. And just be like, listen, this, this is, is gonna tell you whether or not we're compatible if you just listen to like fifteen minutes of an yeah. episode. Yeah, this is us right here <laughs> in ten episodes. But like I also mean in that time before other people became parent, not understanding necessarily what I maybe was going through in that time. But mm-hmm. like and then I say they do now because now they've had kids. <laughs> and they're like, Oh yeah, this is like really hard. oh you weren't just making that up you don't have time and you are really tired 
about you? How have things changed for better and for worse? The friendships that I had before coming a parent, I have been so fortunate. Like my core group that I hang out with here in Vancouver have been yeah. amazing. I was the yeah. first to have a child mm-hmm. and I feel like they just like rallied around me where, yeah. I mean, obviously like some things would be different because just the nature of my reality is different. For instance, mm-hmm. like when I'm awake watching an awful Netflix show, nursing at four in the morning, mm-hmm. I can't necessarily hop on the group chat and be like, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> but I will anyway, and I'll wake everybody up. <laughs> but people showed up and I really yeah. appreciated that. They showed up and it was never, it, it never felt like anyone was doing me a favor. It felt like they wanted to still be a part of my life. And then also this new life that was around, like it was yeah. like a genuine interest in remaining connected. And I just, yeah. I want to shout out to that, to that group of, mm-hmm. of women who are just phenomenal. Thank you for being such good friends. Mm-hmm. For instance, it would be like changing the start times of things where if we're doing a games night, then mm-hmm. okay. Like asking me what time is bedtime? Okay, mm-hmm. great. So instead of us getting together at 8 p.m., let's get together at 4 p.m. And we'll also have dinner there so that yeah. we can get you out the door by 7. Yeah, that's amazing. Did you, did you, cause I kind of, I can, t- I want to just like echo that big time. Like people definitely rally, even though there were hard moments, like people so rallied mm-hmm. around me. But like, did you kind of feel like when, cause you were first in your group and I was as well, that like your baby was everybody's baby? Yeah. And I also, like, my baby was a performance baby, so, like, my kid didn't cry around other people. I think, like, it was very easy to bring my kid around other people, and he Mm -hmm. would just be, like, this model baby who would just, like, sit there quietly and, like, bad, bad little eyes at people and, like, smile and stuff. (laughs) And then so everybody's like, oh, this is, of course, bring your kid around. This is so easy, Mm -hmm. like, to have your child around. And then, like, the second we close the door at home. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, like, it, it was lovely. Like, I remember one year for New Year's, even. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend was like, okay, let's start early, but also we'll clear room in our spare room if you want to bring the pack and play and put Aww. your kid to bed here so that you guys can like try to stay till midnight. We're willing to do this, but also just because we're offering, you don't have to say yes. Yeah. You never felt pressure. Yeah. It was good. Like I felt my friends wanted me there. So they were going to do what they needed to do to make that happen. But mm-hmm. if I couldn't make it, they would understand. And then we'd just try again next time. Yeah, that's amazing. And it was like, I'm like tearing up thinking about that now because that just made all the difference because I was really worried about losing my friends and just things being different because I was the first. But Mm -hmm. yeah, like, unfortunately, I don't talk to any of them anymore. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) None of us are friends anymore. Yeah, Um, it was just that window in time. No, they are awesome and they remain my ride or dies. And I just, Mm -hmm. I'm really lucky to have them because I know that it can be a really jarring transition. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like definitely not just to like, cause you did, but like samesies. I want to shout out all those people who know who they are, Mm -hmm. who had their own stuff going on, but really like got excited about this thing that was happening in our life. And my kid has so many aunties. Yes, totally. And I also... I had my friends who already were parents. My core group that I hang out with all the time, I was the first, but Mm -hmm. like I also had other friends who had had children Mm -hmm. and they were so forthcoming with information. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at you. (laughs) <laughs> one, because we're at, on Zoom like, together, but also <laughs> because you were one of those people who like, you know, I didn't know what I was doing and I never Nobody felt does. like I was asking a stupid question. It was just great. No. This is what I did. Or this is this, mm-hmm. or like, you know, if you're worried about this, that's fine. But like, you actually don't really need to give that brain space because it's not as big a deal, even though in this moment it seems all encompassing. 
Yeah. And I actually think I played that role in a handful of people's lives just because I was like people's first friend who had a kid. Mm-hmm. I, I loved that. That made me feel reconnected. Not that I ever felt disconnected, but like when I was talking, just to jump back to what I had said before about friendships, like being strengthened. I like, I liked that. Like I mm-hmm. liked being able to help people and I liked being able to like welcome people into this thing and provide whatever support I could coming from you know, the experience that I'd had. And then, of course, right back at people, even if they were behind me in that curve, become lifelines in, the, in, in just like this parenthood game, right? Yeah. And it's been to the people, to like to the friends who already had kids, I, a few friendships specifically are coming to mind where it strengthened our friendship, mm-hmm. where we became closer because mm-hmm. we both had children. It was talking to each other about our kids, but it strengthened our one-on-one friendships as well that are totally separate from our lives as, as parents. Mm-hmm. And I so, would like, say that's, that's cool. the case for you and I and on some level. Yeah. Yeah. I think obviously we already had like a super stellar, strong friendship. But I did not care for you like, before. Yeah. I wasn't a big fan. <laughs> Despite everything that I've articulated in the last eight I'm episodes. I'm picturing like Lucille, Lucille Bluth on Arrested Development when she's talking <laughs> about Job and she's like, I don't yeah. care for him. Yeah, I don't. I don't care for, care for Job. Job. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's that's the exact thing, right? It's like somehow it doesn't. It's not about that necessarily all the time, but it can actually like enhance your friendship in all these other ways, right? In other mm-hmm. areas, which is really powerful. Even talking about the non-judgmental piece, I found mm-hmm. it really because that's I guess a core too for new friends, but also just existing friends and what strengthen mm-hmm. those friendships is not having to preface things with "I love my kid." But, but. And then complain. but like I can just launch <laughs> yeah. straight into complaining or venting totally. or saying whatever I need to say and not worry about being judged for whatever sentiment I've expressed and not having people be yeah. like, oh, like she probably hates her child or oh, <laughs> no. she's probably going to end up getting a divorce because she just said this about her partner. Yeah. I have like the biggest shit eating grin on my face right now because if anyone could see our WhatsApp feed. <laughs> <laughs> Just such a judgment-free zone. <laughs> yeah, because you need that. You need to be able to do it without always having to stop and explain yourself and preface everything. Sometimes you just want to say what saying. you want to say. Totally. It goes without saying. It's like, it doesn't need to be said. Let's just get into the venting. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, we're yeah. all working under the assumption that we love our children. We love our partners. Totally. So let's just move on move from past that. Let's save that airtime. <laughs> let's save that data. And... <laughs> What's been the most challenging though? Is there something mm-hmm. that jumps out at you, at you that's like, this has been the biggest challenge in my friendships? I feel like I don't have the same patience for some things as I did before. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a factor of time or there's just not enough time, but like, I just don't have time for bullshit. Like I just sort of, mm-hmm. if I'm not having a good time, I gotta go. Mm-hmm. Totally frivolity is out the window yeah like if this Mm -hmm. is not fun for me then it's just not worth it if I'm not enjoying being around or having a conversation or doing whatever well I'm gonna say this for this right now ask me again Mm -hmm. in like two days but I really love hanging out with my family Mm -hmm. and so like when I'm not with my family that's a choice I'm making to go do something else and it's a choice I'm happy to make as long as it's something that I'm also going to have just as much fun being at yeah, but if it totally. becomes an obligation or a burden to hang out with someone who's supposed to be a friend, mm-hmm. then I just, I don't have the same tolerance Bad for that as I used to before. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can relate to that. I'm also finding my, I found like over time, and this is easing for me now, now that like 
yeah, a lot of this like leans back to like when I first became a parent versus now when like a lot of folks are kind of more in the same place. Mm -hmm. But like I found it, I found FOMO was really tough for me mm. early on. No, I can't go to Coachella. Like, oh, yeah. you know, I was like, literally just thinking yeah. that because I had to miss like one of my best friends' bachelorette parties at Coachella because uh -huh. I was like seven and a half months pregnant. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about that too. Yeah. But because <laughs> I know that you did. Yes. But I was like, in all fairness, that was the year Beyonce was supposed to headline, mm -hmm. but then was pregnant with the twins. So, like, I would have lost my mind if I yeah. had missed Beyonce at Coachella. You're like, both me and Bay are not going to be able to be there. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> for the same reason. So, I guess that's yeah. just like another way we're connected. Uh, we're basically best friends. <laughs> Still deal with that a little bit, like FOMO around you know what's interesting is now I've been getting it with like some of my friends that I've made in this part of my life have kids that are older mm. and like they're kind of like on the other side of having to be there all the ah, time yes they can go out well nobody goes out right now let's be honest but you in know it, let's let's say there's no global pandemic like they can <laughs> they can go out they can you know do the thing and like we my partner and I are still very much in a place where like we have to work really hard to get out of our house for an evening there's a lot of planning and effort that has to go into us not being here at nighttime. I found like that was really hard in the beginning, knowing like what other people were doing. That was hard. And then just like I said before, like time. I am like a heart, like deep heart person. And I want to be able to give everybody everything I have. And you just don't have everything for everyone anymore. No, as a result, definitely some friendships have kind of faded into the rear view mirror. And mm -hmm. I think honestly, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I just am focusing on my real ones. Mm -hmm. You know, the ones who I have time for them, they have time for me. And like, we, we want to share in all the yeah. awesome parts we want to share and on all the awful parts. It's never a chore to be around those friends. When the dust settles, mm -hmm. Who do you want to, like, you know, who are you going to rob a bank with? Who do you want yeah. to be there with you? Who's in your good girls gang? I was going to say, who's like in your set it off crew? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, things happen in our life that can be hard and shake us in the moment and shake our relationships. But like whoever's left is who's supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. And everybody isn't supposed to be there necessarily forever. You know, there's that whole saying of people are there for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. Yeah, for and sure. And I'm going to do a shameless plug right now. I've been thinking about this yeah. a ton lately because I just yeah. wrote an article for CBC Life about friendships and what yes, they look like did. in this yep. insanity of 2020, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. through the lens of a pandemic and racial reckoning and mm -hmm. the world literally being on fire. Also, remember <laughs> the Australian wildfires? Doesn't that yeah. seem like six years ago, but that was this year. Literally 2020. Another <sighs> absolute apocalyptic moment of 2020. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's crazy. But anyway, yeah. yeah. So I've been, thinking, I've been yeah. thinking a lot. If this is published by the time this episode goes up, then we'll put mm -hmm. a link to it because why not? Absolutely. Guys? We will. Of course we will. And I have read <laughs> it and it's phenomenal. And it really does kind of sum up some of the things that we're exploring around figuring out if friendships can evolve with mm -hmm. like you evolving Mm -hmm. And definitely like correct me if I'm on the wrong angle, but this is what I took from it anyway. And if they don't, then what next? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And like Not how are your friendship values? is forever. No. Yeah. So it's just, I've been thinking a lot about friendship and I was actually really excited when the GM mm -hmm. community picked this because yeah. it's coming up at the perfect time. <laughs> yes, it was great. Oh, you know, yeah. we should have also done, we should have done our favorite friendship songs because right now Maybe. I have TLC. What about your friends running through my head? 
Yeah, me too. I wish we could just play it low key for the whole episode. You know what? That's a great mini idea, though. Maybe that's what we'll, we'll dig into when we have our mini for coming out of this episode. So I'm wondering, because we did kind of bring it up already. Have you run into the issue at this point where like you have parent friends who you do have like very different parenting styles then? And how has that impacted your friendship? Oh, I feel like for the most part, I have... I feel like most my friends and I, for the most part, have different parenting styles because we parent to our kids, right? And our kids totally. are all different from each other. I think what would be trickier for me is having different values. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So like different parenting values, I think would be a trickier one to work around. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, actually, if a friendship would survive us having different parenting values. Yeah. So you mean the things that are like core to what you think is important for your kid in the yeah. world and as like a family the, and as a parent. In the most general sense, because this is absurd. I've, well, it's not absurd. Some people don't think about this for their children. But you know, like if your core values were like love and kindness and somebody was like, yeah. I'm in shaming and demeaning my children. Then like, <laughs> I would be like, you know, cool. Uh, I think we got to mm-hmm. go. You yeah. know, go grab totally. your toys, grab your backpack. We're out. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really good point. I think that there are things that are overcomable. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I only buy organic versus you not buying or, you know, whatever, like bullshit things are mm-hmm. like, you can eye roll, turn around and eye roll and like not necessarily have the exact same perspective on that. Mm-hmm. But I think those are things that are overcomable, right? Like they're not barriers to like continuing in a relationship, but you've nailed it. It's like where the fundamental value piece differs, even though like that can even show up though, like in the way that kids interact, right? Like if kids have a conflict, like this, it comes up when kids have a conflict. I think often accountability is big for us, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're accountable for what your behavior is and you have to, you got to own it and make it right if your behavior has been harmful. But it's happened in the, in like some cases where like that's not like not everybody's carrying that perspective and they mm-hmm. they see conflict differently. Mm-hmm. And then my kid ends up feeling like they they've taken it from all sides. Right. right. Like no one was in their corner. Right. Like my kid has actually said to me before because of the way that like another parent or another family has managed a conflict. Like, how come you never side with me? Right. It's like, oh, this wasn't about sides. This is about mm-hmm. like something that happened where like you had a role to play and they had a role to play but because that other family dealt with it in a very different way. My kids left feeling like mm-hmm. nobody was in their corner. Yeah. And that's hard, right? Mm-hmm. That's not as like extreme as like maybe the values that you just outlined, but it still is like, oh, that's really tricky. Like, how do we continue to be in relationship when that's the outcome? Mm-hmm. how that went how something then, like that goes down and then that makes it tricky too when it's a situation where it's not just like your friend but your children are also friends mm-hmm. because then if you're spending a lot of time together then mm-hmm. does that start to impact your friendship your one-on-one friendship or is it just mm-hmm. something that you can kind of skate by when the kids are around and then mm-hmm. how do you explain it to your kid depending on their age like you know mm-hmm. everybody does things differently in their home and so like yes this yeah. is what happened but this is still what we do in our household this is still how we handle these things and trying to do that without throwing like another family under the bus like yeah ethic is tough trying to you're also trying to model accountability and owning your own stuff and like yeah, man, parenthood is hard. <laughs> <laughs> there, it's yeah, like such like a wild ride. A million moving pieces that are constantly changing at all times. It's yeah, basically, it's. I was just gonna make a Queen's Gambit reference because we just watched that show on Netflix. Yeah, but yeah, like it's basically just chess pieces playing on the ceiling, mm-hmm. watching them going around, trying to figure out what the best move is. 
but that's where I just like need people to be real and honest and kind. Like mm-hmm. it, that's like what I'm looking for. It's like, can we all just acknowledge like this is hard and shitty? Like mm-hmm. and want other people to care about my kids' well being as much as I care about their kids' well being. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, so that's a, that's kind of a core thing. It's like, you know, this kind of, I guess, is along the lines of you saying how your kid sometimes feels like nobody is in their corner. Like, I also mm-hmm. want to have parent friends who I can be like, hey, like this incident just happened with our kids. Let's talk Let's about this. Like, you know, your kid just, I don't know, like threw mud in my kid's face. And mm-hmm. I know you guys are into self-expression or whatever, but then this also made mm-hmm. my kid feel like shit because <laughs> he got mud in his face. Big yeah. disgrace. Yeah. <laughs> sorry I'm kicking, just the, kicking this can all over the place now <laughs> jeez louise um thanks i'm see this is what i love you always pick up on the references <laughs> however obscure and, under, and underplayed <laughs> sometimes you're halfway through when i'm like oh that's a reference here i go <laughs> sometimes i'm halfway through one and realize that i'm not having an original thought but in fact just <laughs> quoting something just reciting queen yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. That's kind of how, you know, though, like that in for us anyway, as like family friend, oh, this is, this is going to be a sustainable long-term relationship as like family to family. Right. Yes. Like, where you, like we're always like, could we go on vacation with them? Like, yes. you know, like that's, even if you never did, like, what would yeah. that look like? And how would you, and you know what? It's okay for not everybody to fit that, to still be oh, your friend sure. and not everybody to fit that. But, and if they um, don't, then don't force it. Oh, oh, totally. If you think about it and you're like, we wouldn't have a good time on vacation together, don't go on vacation together. And that's yeah. okay. Meet at the park for an hour. Exactly. Ways. Yeah. But you're explaining something really important. It's like, does everybody, is every, it's, it's much easier and it's a challenge when everybody doesn't come to the table with like the same kind of core perspective about how to deal with things like conflict or mm-hmm. like whatever it might be. That can be tricky. Mm-hmm. And that is a challenge. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely like, I guess that's just where communication comes into play. Because in addition to how we parent, we were all parented differently too, right? So yep. then that all feeds into our journey and how we handle things and how that manifests in our parenting. And so yeah. like you were saying, just kindness and compassion and open communication and yeah. no judgment, just realizing like we're all doing the best we can. And that doesn't yep. look the same way for everybody. Yeah, we all do the best we can with what we have and what we know, mm-hmm. right? And, like, trust me, like, I I have to remind myself of that sometimes in, like, certain dynamics. But you just hope that, like, other people are going to extend the same empathy and courtesy and kindness in your direction as well. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, I was like, I feel like we just had a moment. Can we take a pause? Yeah, let's do it. we're at the part of our program where we do our momentum shout out and I know Abby you had quite an experience in the last few weeks you want to tell me about something you saw going on yeah I had to take my kid to get a COVID test and (laughs) yeah super fun times um fortunately for us the test came back negative so Mm -hmm. I feel very lucky that that was the case but while we were at the testing site I saw something kind of cool I saw a dad ahead of Mm -hmm. us in line 
holding his child throughout the entire process. Like, mm. yeah, because his child was kind of getting upset and was like a little bit anxious about what was going to happen. And so he mm. was holding this kid the whole time through waiting in line and then through checking in, mm. through the screening, and then mm. the door to our, our testing room was open. So I saw him carrying mm. her out after they left too. And it Aww. was just like, yeah, it was really kind and loving. And I felt a little bad because my kid kept asking me to pick him up. And I was like, like, no, I I cannot carry you for that long. Like you've Mm -hmm. got maybe 30 seconds to one minute, but like, I do not have the arm strength to carry you through that whole process. Yeah, seriously. So like kind of a shout out, but also like, thanks for throwing everybody else under the bus. COVID (laughs) cascade. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Way to bring your A game when I was like at a C minus. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice to see though. Just like, I love to see like dads with tenderness you know yes exactly so shout out to tenderness so i'm just wondering is there anything that like you wish that your friends knew about you or understood better about you that you think would support your friendships Ooh. It's kind of a deep one. Yeah. Let's put you on the spot. It's a doozy. Tell, tell me what I need to know in order to. <laughs> um, like friends in general or like you specifically, Megan? <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> we can do that. We can do the you and me intervention off air, but no, I'm just kidding. I think it's think? just like what I was saying before, how I just don't have the same mental capacity or bandwidth for mm-hmm. just like nonsense and yeah. that, like by nonsense I mean like I don't want a necessary conflict I don't want there to be conflict just for the sake of having something to uh butt heads about I just want to be able to deal with things as they come up and enjoy being friends and just get to the substance of it mm-hmm. I'm okay having acquaintances but then let's not mm-hmm. pretend our relationship is more than it is yeah and yeah. so like, you know, I'm, I'm going to go all in. If like, you're my ride or die, or I will have your back if you have my back and mm-hmm. like, I'm all in, but if it's not going to be that, that's totally fine. But let's not pretend because ain't mm-hmm. nobody got time for that. No, totally. You know, and when you're saying that, I'm thinking about like, I've realized like my bandwidth for complaining has really like shortened up. Cause it's like, I have these two kids that do it to me all day long, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but like that's, and I, that's very different than like talking about challenges. Mm-hmm right? Like, you know, there's like an edge to that, right? It's mm-hmm. complaining versus just needing to unload or like debrief or. Right. Yeah. I don't know what that edge, I don't know. There is some, there, it's no, you know it when it's there, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's like on my end, I, I would, I want people to know <clears throat> also like if you have, even if you haven't heard from me and we haven't like connected deeply in a while, it doesn't mean that I'm not thinking about you or that like you're off my radar or that we're not friends so like kind of in a diff in a reverse way sometimes I just find like life can be very unmanageable for periods mm-hmm. of time and I do sometimes carry a lot of guilt because I have I do have like I have a lot of friends um, <laughs> no but I you know I have a lot of people that I care deeply for in my life and one thing I hope that they know and like that I wish that they if they don't I wish they did was that even if I you know haven't been able to be deeply connected for a period of time doesn't mean that it's because I don't want to be right yeah if because I my life is unmanageable and something has to give and sometimes that rotates a bit if that makes sense so you just I need a little grace a little grace and understanding a little yes. grace and a little bit of Frankie 
Yeah, a little Frankie and a little Grace. <laughs> no, absolutely. That's a that's a much more eloquent way of putting it. Like I just sometimes need a little bit of grace, and we all do. And I'm hoping that I can give that back to people also. I like that grace and understanding and just empathy. Who knew? Yeah, it's totally makes a difference a with everything. Wait a minute. Are we, are we back to that topic? <laughs> So as I was saying, I wrote that article about friendships and I want to ask you in terms of your friendships around parenting, have you ever had to go through a friendship breakup? Hmm. I haven't had that happen in a like parenting friendship, like Uh a parenting specific friendship, but I I have had like one pretty serious friend breakup in my in my life that I feel like I still carry a lot of grief about that that friendship had to end. Mm-hmm. And it did have to end, you know, based on some things that had had gone on. But I think, like, because I had that experience, I'm really, really careful about, like, who I'm willing to be in a deep connection with. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I think we ghost people and kind of, like, slide out of people's lives that, like, mm-hmm. aren't that we're acquaintances with. Like, I'm sure people have done that to me, you know, where like, I'm not somebody that they maintain in their life for whatever reason. I mean, I can't understand it, but no, I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> you know, like we're not, we're not always for everyone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but as far as having like a really close personal friend that like I've had to not continue that relationship with. Yeah. That's like in my lifetime, I could, there's only one like significant example of that. It's funny how it's like still in my psyche somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. cause like I'll have a dream and I'll be like, Oh, that's so weird that that person was in that dream. But like, it's like, clearly there's still like, I, I'm wondering if that grief ever goes away. Right. Well, yeah. Cause it is like grieving a loss. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And then you wonder like, if there's ever like a possibility of like reconciling. Yeah. You want to like, do this ever cross your mind like, anytime. Yeah, 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 exactly. Second Brad McKnight <laughs> reference because apparently that's what I do yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> this is now a Brian McKnight podcast. Um, anyway, had like, what about you? Like, have you ever had to take it there with somebody where you're like, this is just not, there's like the acquaintance ghost, but then like, you know, that really more kind of intense ending a friendship kind of thing. And did you, how did you handle it? I don't think I've ever had to sit down and explicitly have a friendship breakup. I've had tough mm-hmm. conversations that have led eventually mm-hmm. to kind of the end of friendships. I feel like I have some that I can think of where I was like, oh yeah, we used to be really close. I wonder whatever happened to that person. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, something will come up that reminds me of them. But yeah. for the most part, I don't know. I've been very, very hashtag blessed with the people mm-hmm. in my life who yeah. I, I've always been able to have the people in my life. Mm-hmm for the moments that I need to have people in my life. And I've been also very lucky that most of those people have been like, looks like lifetimers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. I feel like similar, you know, that the people that, like you said before, that need need to be there are there. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully and they feel there. the same way. Like hopefully, you know, I need them to be here and hopefully I'm there when they need me to be. I wonder if it's ever necessary to be explicit. I'm just thinking about that as we're talking. Like I would love to hear from our community if anyone's ever had explicitly as if they were in like a romantic relationship, like break up with a friend mm-hmm. and have that conversation. And then I wonder following that, like I, when, when and why is that necessary? You know what I mean? Like when is that? Ne- I'm sure there, there's got to be a place for that conversation. <laughs> Read my I article that comes out. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, right? Like there is definitely 
a place for that, I sort of feel like a lot of the time we can just kind of kindly float away and yes. like not necessarily have to have like an explicit discussion about why we can't connect anymore. Yes. Where it's just sort of, yeah. Cause really I think for the most part, it's not mm-hmm. usually a one-sided thing when it's a fade away, yeah. right? Like you both totally. are sort of like not getting what you need out of the relationship. And so you've mm-hmm. both naturally just stopped getting in touch and maybe it goes farther and farther between until mm-hmm. you're just not in touch anymore. And maybe you think of this person fondly, but yeah. it's just when you, they cross your mind, you don't necessarily feel like you need to get in touch like oh yes they're so and so they were great yeah totally and that I feel like is how it usually goes for for most people but the other thing I'd be interested to hear is like if because of parenting stuff or if because of something that happened between your kids or whatever if anybody's Mm -hmm. ever had to explicitly be like this is not a connection that is sustainable for us and had to have like a hard conversation with another family or somebody yeah or if you can't just still like float away you know, <laughs> I'm just picturing you moonwalking out of the situation. Yeah. Like, or like that Homer meme where you just like, like back into the disappear into the hedge. <laughs> Has anyone, have you ever felt like you've been like really let down by a friend? Yes. Oof. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's, it's painful when somebody does something that is hurtful, mm-hmm. whether it's intended intentional or not. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think, I generally, I I think before, like when I was younger, Mm -hmm. I would have just not said anything and maybe just taken it or just ignored it. But I think part of, maybe it's just like getting a little bit older, but I think honestly, part of it is parenting too, where, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to teach my child to be assertive. And so part of doing that is using my voice Mm -hmm. and discovering it and using it to speak up when things occur that I'm not okay with. Mm -hmm. I still really struggle with that. I'm getting, and you're so right. Like I'm getting much better at it because of like my role as a parent also this ethical moment that we're in and just me also like really trying to lean into what I think my role is in some of like the movements that I think are important that I have to be uncomfortable I just have to do that Mm -hmm. I have to get comfortable being uncomfortable we've talked about that and that's like that's not easy for me at all pair that with everything I've just said about wanting to be everybody's friend Mm -hmm. that's not a that's not a comfortable place to live but you're so right. Once once their stakes are higher because you feel like you're modeling for somebody else or like the issue on the table is one that is just so necessary to push back on or like address being assertive and having letting people know when they've let you down in that way. And because like hopefully most of the time they're maybe they don't know that they did or like it's really just uh, completely unintentional and so it's something you can talk through and work through but mm-hmm. if it's instead of just letting it simmer inside you and become like a slow burning rage or resentment yeah. then you can Fester. deal with it and, like move past it and if it yeah. is something that needs to be a friendship ender then at least you're not going to do a slow mm-hmm. a slow burn on it but you can both lay your cards on the table mm-hmm. for sure do you think that you've ever let somebody else down in that way i'm sure i have yeah. Like there's no, you know, like friendships are two way. I'm sure that I have been careless with someone's feelings or mm-hmm. just like not as attentive as I should have been or missed something mm-hmm. that I should have been looking for when I was looking somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I have had a number of friends over the last handful of years who have had like pretty significant loss in their life. And one of the things I've been thinking about lately, it kind of plays into all these other things we're talking about, about like becoming a parent and time and like the grind and like trying to like make space for everyone. I feel like I've been really good about like showing up in the immediate aftermath of some of that loss. Mm-hmm. I I don't know, like they may not feel this way, but like 
there have been times where I've been like, oh, I hope that I have been present enough for those people mm-hmm. beyond the first chunk of time that is that time of grief. I sometimes think about that. I'm like, oh, I hope I'm like checking in enough with the people that need it. Mm-hmm. That's where, that's a place where I I worry sometimes that I maybe have let people down, but you can let me know also. <laughs> yes. Open conversation because everybody is also spend so much time in their own heads that it's really easy mm-hmm. to miss something going on with somebody else. Yeah. Or like, we're all such narcissists that I'm sitting here like, this person's probably really upset by my behavior that I haven't, when they're like, I haven't thought about you. And they're like, I yeah. don't have time for this. Please. Yeah get out of get out of your own head so that you're not making this my problem yeah totally (laughs) totally because I couldn't I can't think of anything like explicit where I'm like oh yeah that was a thing I really Mm -hmm. fucked up like you know but I'm like I'm just thinking about a couple of these these situations where I'm like oh I hope I've been there enough I do think about that Mm -hmm. Um, because of all the reasons why we can't be sometimes you know Mm -hmm. and it is it is hard and you just hope that people know that you like obviously love them deeply and you're doing the best you can but like sometimes maybe we can do even better for each other because friendship is also I think sometimes people underrate or underestimate the kind of work that needs to go into friendship yes take it for granted and just assume it'll just be there but it's you know friendships Mm. are like romantic relationships too like they involve time they need care and they need understanding they need attention they require nurturing and Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, there's actually like a lot of discussion of that. I think right now I've noticed in like culture about like, how can we, should we be treating friendships more like romantic relationships and like putting the kind of time and intention that we would into like those kind of relationships into our like friendship connections, which I think is food for thought. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, and we can't do it in every direction because we just only have so much to give. Mm Mm-hmm. But with some of those like really strong, important connections in our life that are outside of like a partnership or a child or a parent or whatever, can we can we treat it a little bit more like a romantic relationship that we put that kind of effort into? I don't know. I'm interested to hear what people think about that. And Meg, before we wrap this up, I just want to say thank you for your friendship. Thank you for going on this podcasting adventure journey together. And thank you for being you. Thank you. And this is where I want to sing Golden Girls because I've been thinking about it the whole time. Thank you for being a friend. Hey, I don't think you can do um, that. Legitimately, I don't think we can afford it. <laughs> okay, we'll cut it out. We'll cut it out in post. But honestly, I feel so much the same way. Like, I think it is really important to do an episode on friendship because so much of what we're doing here is rooted in our friendship mm-hmm. and how important it is to each of us. And sorry, I wasn't getting choked up, I swear. I'll save it for episode <laughs> 10. But yeah, I'm so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful for being able to be part in partnership with you and like all these things that we're talking it kind of reaffirmed even when we talk about friendship i'm like oh this is, this is a good thing yeah you're a real one all right stay tuned for the pods for momentum and now let's pause for momentum new friends i make a tentative approach to be honest it feels quite silly sweaty palms nervous laughter feeling more than a little bit giddy. Right about then, my child swoops in, saving me with his endless running, plopping down next to your kid, minimizing odds of your shunning. Then the small talk shyly starts up. How often we both come to this park, the ages of our kids, and just like that, it's there, the start of a friendship spark. Bonding over our parenting failures, cheering for each other's successes. Our kids continue playing together, 
Then one of us boldly confesses. It's been hard making new friends, and you guys seem really nice. Our kids clearly like one another. Maybe we could share parenting advice? A phone is then sheepishly offered up. Our names and numbers exchanged. Putting kids in strollers, a final smile, making sure a play date is arranged. If you like what you just heard, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you find podcasts. Gaining Momentum is written, produced, and edited by Abby and Megan. With music by Evan Dysart. And podcast art by Catherine Katja. And a special thank you to our podcast mentor, Belle, from the podcast Thirst World Problems. Thanks, Belle. Thanks, Belle. And if you want to find any more info on any of their work, please check out the links in our podcast description.